go aside from the fact that what you know what you think of these horses, but right, the, the, if you if you would have said in January first, twenty twenty three, said hey, in the Travers this year, you're gonna have each of the winners of each leg, you'd be like, awesome, you know, perfect, yeah. including yeah. a horse that is gonna be the favorite that didn't win any of them. Yep. And you're like, well, I don't know who that is, but it sounds awesome. You know, so. <laughs> there were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to so next time that the horses all line up at the post make sure you use the website that'll win you the most whether churchill oakland goldstream parks and matoga and all tracks in between there's only one side to go to when it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets racingdudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What's up, Well, teaser and awesome. This is Thursday, August seventeenth, and this Blinkers off. What's up, man? What's up? What's up, everybody out there, man? Uh, yeah, coming coming at you again for another Blinkers off. Jeez, busy freaking day for me. Got got my wife's family in town. We're uh, we're having some fun, but also Thursdays is a pretty big work day. So I've kind of just let them explore today, and uh, I'll I'll rejoin them tonight. What are they exploring in Joplin? You know, they've been very impressed with the food so far in Joplin. <laughs> That is one thing. Uh, I, they, they've stamped their approval. Uh, all the places we've taken them, they've really liked, so they're happy with that. Also, uh, my brother-in-law went and bought a cowboy hat and cowboy boots today. He was very happy with that as well. So they're having a hell of a time. But I told them the hits are running out, right? Like we're running out of things. We're going through too many things too fast. So when the weekend gets here, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, when I was out uh, in Plattsburgh with you guys, the, the talk was – Maybe Silver Dollar City. Are you going to experience? I mean, because like you almost timed it perfect. I know Heather's sister was worried about the the heat, and man, if she, you guys would have just gotten, if we have, you know, right now. Well, today it's a little warmer, but the last couple of days it's literally felt like fall around here. You they could time that a couple of days earlier. You guys could have pulled it off. Not gonna happen though. We're well, not probably, gonna pull it off. No Silver Dollar City. No, it's it's way too hot. These people are from Plattsburgh, New York. They they don't like like past seventy. It's too hot for them. So no, we can't do that. Plus, like everyone, I've all I've heard about is like, oh, we're going to Silver City because everyone's like, this is like some people are starting school. I mean, we start school next week, and so it's like everyone's kind of doing those last minute. So I feel like there would be like a shitload of families and kids down there. You guys would. Yeah, I, I don't really want to do that either. Right. I, no, I, I don't. Um, I feel like you're right. This is like the last big weekend because I think most of schools around here go back to school. Either they're already back or they're going back next week. So, yeah, we're going to avoid it. Uh, talk them out of it. You, you talked about that, like when they were working on something and somebody died. I think that was the final straw. They were like, no, we're not going to do that now. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, we went, we survived. So, I mean, it's, you know, we didn't ride that ride though. So to be fair, um, but no, it's, uh, yeah, we started with school next week. We had open house, uh, two days ago. So he, uh, it's not wanting to go back. So that'll be Monday will be fun. 
Um, it, it was better than last year. So my, 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 I'm hoping we can progressively get better with it. So did he, did he look at you? He's like this again, really? Like I thought it was over. No, no, he knew it's coming, but see, he's in a weird like conflict because his birthday, he turned seven on Tuesday, the, the day after school starts and his birthday parties this weekend. So he's got this, you know, he literally has a piece of paper where he's counting down the days but also sandwiched between his birthday party and his birthday is school. And so he's like counting down the days until, uh, until school starts or until his birthday, but it's also when school starts. So he's kind of like, yeah, you know, so I, it, it helps ease the pain, I think with school. Cause he is looking forward to his birthday, but dude, I tell you what, the first week is brutal for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it. I remember those days. It's just like dreading it. And it's funny because my uh, cousin, she's the same way. Her birthday is right around the same time as his. And it's like, it's always the worst because I know it's back to school now. You know, it's like, cool, cool. My birthday. Oh, great. I go to school tomorrow. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so I feel for him. Shoddy. I don't know. I mean, truly yeah. seen this. you in an Arkansas uh, person, but yeah, it is far in the hole as he is. It's, it's going away this year, but I don't know if you guys like this week, they announced it's coming They're They're it's just a 2.0. Yep. They're releasing the, it's like a new, it's supposed to be like the largest indoor roller coaster. And I don't know if it's North America or this year or this area or, you know, this region or whatever, but it's like, it's like fire in the hole for, for 2022 or 2023, you know, and on. So, um, it's going to be sweet. Like I, I was like, I was telling the boys cause they, they like fire in the hole. And I was like, man, hopefully when they redo it, whatever they put there, it's like a homage to fire in the hole. And, and they announced that it's going to be the same thing, but just because I mean, when I wrote it, because I was the first time I'd probably ridden it in 15, 10, 15 years. And I was like, like it was it, from a nostalgic standpoint, it's cool, but it was just like, this is lame. Like <laughs> they got to do something different. And so if they, like they got to amp it up because today's kids, they don't like you could tell Colin was like, this is this is this sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is my backyard, <laughs> dude. You half the ride, you're literally just spending in the dark, riding and firing the hole. It's just dark. He's like, you can't see anything. And so, uh, yeah, they're gonna update it. Um, it's gonna be pretty sweet. So, uh, I can't wait for that. Cooper is like, I don't want to go. He has no interest. But Cohen and I will go. So there you go. Um, cool. So yeah, we're back, and yeah, we we seem to bring the the bad news uh, as we yeah. as we do each and every week. It feels like, but uh, just before we got on air, um, saw I actually saw a comment in, in about Art Collector, and like we didn't hadn't heard anything about it, and yeah, it turns out Art Collector has died, but euthanized um, with uh, with laminitis, you know, died from laminitis, and so didn't even know he was he was sick. Um, sucks, obviously. Uh, had a up and down career, but you know, Pegasus winner and uh had had some big wins and yeah, it's uh sad to see, man. It seems like this is the norm right now. I, I especially hate it for this one because he was re- he was gonna retire, like they said after the Pegasus yeah. or going into the Pegasus, like, yeah, this will be his last race. And I don't know, maybe they just didn't expect him to win or whatever. So he's like, oh, we'll just take one more shot and then retire him. And then he won and they're like, oh, we're gonna keep running him. And now this, I mean, it, it's it's awful, man. I mean, it, it's really bad. It it reminds me of uh, Battle of Midway in a way, you know, because like he was out and then, but he, you know, he couldn't produce anything, so they had to bring or they didn't have to, but they made the decision to bring him back, and then he passes away. So that's 
it's just another thing, you know, it's another thing to just kind of like cringe at and be like, gosh, again, you know, and I didn't know anything would happen, like anything was going on here. So this is a real, this is a real stunner. Uh, you know, you, like I said, we've been working hard on, on other shows and, and products and getting ready for this show. And Jordan mentions it uh, before we go on the air, mentioned in a comment. And I'm like, do you know anything about this? Cause I hadn't, I hadn't been paying any attention um, to anything other than just doing our work today. And you're like, no. And then within like a second, you're like, yeah, he's gone. So it's just, it's another blow. Yeah. And every, like everyone you talk to is like, not that he's, you know, was related to Saratoga really, but like, this is the worst, you know, I've been coming here for, you know, we see all kinds of comments, magic, put a kind of the end. If you guys hadn't seen it yet, either go to YouTube or just go watch last week's episode of bleakers off, where we really dove into kind of the issues with Saratoga and the opening yeah. of it. And, and uh, you know, a lot of coming the comments are crazy on that thing and uh you know but that's sadly a lot of people are like this is like i've been coming for years it's the worst saratoga meet and i that i can remember you know and you don't really usually hear the worst in saratoga in the same sentence and so it's like it kind of feels like let's see it almost like 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 saratoga may have been immune to the the disasters and issues of, of horse racing and it's like yet here we are, we are finding ourselves having issues at, you know, in my opinion, the greatest place for a horse race. You're right. There were, there were certain places you could go or if horse racing was bad or, you know, things weren't going well, you could go to that place be like, this isn't so bad, right? Like we're, we're still going, this is still a happening thing. And, you know, I remember when Santa Anita was having all the trouble with the horses dying and they moved everything uh, at, well, they didn't, Santa Anita didn't move things to Oakland, but things got shifted and Oakland had to host a, a big day there for their three-year-olds and they, they split the rebel and it was such just a great day at Oakland. And it, it was like, wow, you could still come here and this is great. Well, Saratoga's always been that way. And then you go up there this meet and it's just, it's just one thing after another. And so you're right. They're not immune to it as, and that's kind of a, it's just a sad deal. And like I said, this doesn't have anything to do with that though. This is a completely different situation. And, you know, this is, that's the other thing. There's been bad things that happen that maybe they're unavoidable and this and that. And then there's just, this year has just been the just horrific luck too. You know, like what yeah. can you do about that? Right. I mean, it just, it happens. Well, it's like, you know, it's like anything when, 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 when something bad has happened or happening with anything and, and then there's just, then there's more things that go wrong and it's unrelated, but it only makes it worse, you know, mm -hmm. and then happen like with, with any sport, if, if there's a bad injury or whatever, you're almost just like anything makes this thing worse. And so it's kind of where we're at now because we've, we horse racing has put it ourselves in this hole and it's just like anything is bad. And so, um, I've been thinking this week about something and like, you know, I, I think it's hard. Like, so like, I think with anything, like you try to, if you're a business or if you're betting or whatever, you try to see, you try to think of examples of like, okay, so like, let's try to understand what will happen with horse racing. So let's start looking at things that have happened in the past and whether it be in sports or in just in general history of like, similar something you compare to and how that turned out you know what i mean yeah you kind of yeah. somewhat try to predict what might happen with with horse racing and and the one thing it kind of i kept going back to and thinking about and it's sort of similar in a sense with animals is and this is gonna, you're gonna be like dude you're nuts is is sea world a little bit of sea world 
You remember okay. how SeaWorld used to be like the, yeah. the huge thing and everyone loved SeaWorld and you could take like there was there was no debate on SeaWorld being amazing. And then word started getting out about how the animals are treated. And then there was that someone can help me. There was a the blackfish or whatever it was called, that documentary that came out and it was awful and showed kind of the uh, the behind the scenes of how these animals are treated. And even though SeaWorld still exists it's not anywhere near what it used to be. Right. And I, I kind of have a sense that maybe that's horse racing in a sense, like where horse racing used to be awesome. Everyone loved it. Didn't matter. It was a, you know, it was a great sport. And then word got out about how shitty it was and what were, we were doing, how we were treating the horses. And, and it's like, it never, it's not going to go away, but it's not going to be ever what it was. And I think that I, you're never going to be like, you go to anywhere and you talk to somebody about SeaWorld half the people at least are going to be like, fuck that place. You know what I mean? And so I kind of feel like that's a sense what we might be dealing with, with horse racing. I think that's a really interesting comparison. And I think at the, at the surface, when you said, it, I said, well, that's kind of bizarre. But when you get, went into more like explaining it, it does make sense. It's like the more the public finds out about the behind the scenes part of SeaWorld, like the, like the more it's like, yeah, there's still be people go because like I want to see this. I want to see this whale up close. You know, I don't care. You know, and then but some people are like, uh, I'm not sure about that. Like, I don't know if I want to. I don't know how they treat these animals. You know, and so mm -hmm. as people become more and more aware of stuff like that, I I think you are right. I, unfortunately, <laughs> I think I think it, that comparison does make a little bit of sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I think it's just. I think the big difference right now is horse racing never was at the level of popularity as SeaWorld and horse racing hasn't had a documentary out about it like that. Right. So dude, if they did, it would probably shut it down completely. I, I don't know if that's true or false. I, and I don't want to find out. How about that? <laughs> um, I, I guess it, 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 yeah. Like Michael says, I love horse racing. I love SeaWorld. And here's the thing, like, that's kind of the, the, the idea is like, there's people that way as well. And yeah, in fact, after not long after Blackfish came out, I remember we took the boys to SeaWorld and, and it wasn't like, cause here's the thing, try explaining to a kid that SeaWorld's not, not good, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. And you want, and, and in, in a sense, like, the general idea of it is great, right? You get to, oh, hey, kids yeah. get to see the animals up close and learn about them and explore new things and all, you know, all those things. And so it, it, we took them, but at the back of my mind, the whole time I'm thinking, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing that we're here, you know? And, <laughs> and in a, in a sense, it's similar to like, I'm not going to go around to tell everybody and all my friends and family like, Oh, I loved SeaWorld. It was the greatest. Like, I cannot believe like you need to go and you needed to yeah. get your friends to go. And it's like, same way with horse racing. It's like, you almost just go and you understand like, Hey, some people hate this. Some people like it. It is what it is. And I'm just going to do my thing and enjoy it for, for what it is. And, and that seems like very comparison comparable um, to, to what horse racing is. Like you can't go to your neighbors and be like, horse racing is awesome. You need to go. Cause you're like, I don't know. Like I, I probably should just keep my mouth shut about it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's, I mean, this is getting better and better as you talk about the comparisons. Yeah, I you're right. About it all week. It does. The more you think about it, it lines up pretty well for and what dude, you think about. Like, did you go to SeaWorld when you were a kid? I never went when I was a kid. I went at okay. post everything, you know? So. so 
when when I was a kid, I don't know how old I was. I was, you know, still like vacation with my parents, young. I, you know, like probably 10, 12, 8, something somewhere around in there. Little kid. I thought it was the greatest thing I've ever seen, right? Yeah. Like you get all these whales and these sharks and you can feed these stingrays and like this is amazing. And never ever 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 would I have thought there was any chance that that was a place that might have something bad about it. It was the greatest thing. And you're right. I mean, I think to a lesser degree with, with horse racing, cause I got into it when I was an adult for the first few years, it's like, this is the greatest thing. I can't, I don't even understand how anything could ever go wrong with this thing. But then you, you kind of look into it a little deeper and you're like, it does have its problems. Right. So it does. That's a good way to kind of end that is like, it almost has a, this is really good and fun on the surface. Yeah. And then you dive into it and you learn, and that's very similar to what horse racing is. So, and you know what? I think horse racing kind of takes that just don't dive into it approach, right? Yeah. Don't 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 lift the curtain. Okay. And maybe, maybe that's what we should do. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. Well, and I don't know the the numbers. Obviously, I haven't looked into what you know Steel World's financial statements look like. But <laughs> right. you know, I don't. It's, I mean, they're still around, and yeah. Um, you know, I you still hear about it, and and I, I mean, I don't know that they're. I don't know that PETA has got any. I don't think they're shutting down anytime soon. Let's just put it that way. Um, and so I do think, in a sense, it might be in line of what we see with horse racing. Like, it's not going to just like tomorrow be gone. But it's, you know, SeaWorld's got a black eye forever. Right. And it's never going to be what it was in the 80s and 90s. Just like horse racing is never going to be what it was, what we all wish it would be or was. And and part of it is like, we don't know that we want it to be. You mentioned that last week. Maybe we don't want it to be that big. Because if it's that big, that means the, the public eye gets more attention to it. And until we yeah. fix the issues, do we really want that? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. the You're bringing up a lot of hard hitting questions that I don't, I don't know what the answers are to some of this. Uh, you're right. I mean, we kind of talked about that a little bit uh, off air. It's like, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's a hard spar, sp- sport to market to the mainstream. Right. So maybe, yeah, we just kind of keep our niche group of fans and try to grow that niche, but maybe we don't want like, your next door neighbor really knowing a whole lot about it. I don't know, but, but at the same time, you got to have new people. You got to have new fans. We need an influx of people. So it's a, it's a slippery slope either way you look at it. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, just cause it's like both examples. You have two situations to, to, you know, sea world and, and horse racing that can just be, I mean, I, I can say pretty confidently, like some of my most ex- fun, rewarding enjoyable moments of life other than my kids of course uh is like something that's happened at the track you know yeah yeah you know pharaoh winning the triple crown or you know us meeting uh songbird or whatever it is like different things and it's like and i feel like with like you mentioned you were at sea road it was you had the greatest time of your life and the boys Mm -hmm. loved going and we got to see you know got to pet like you said the you can pet the dolphins and all that stuff and it's like but and then it's like it can also be the worst and it's just that's a tough thing to to handle and a tough thing to navigate how yeah. you should feel about something like that you know yeah so. and you know I, I i what's what's been bad lately is every time we're ready to like move on you get another story like like art collector you know so, yeah ugh. 
yeah, a step forward, two steps back. It feels like constantly we, we have constantly. A, a huge yeah. performance or something. It's like, wow, that was a, you know, Casa Creed last yes. week. Yes. Like, yeah. Casa Creed, Annapolis, that was exactly the race you hoped for. They, they battled it out. Casa Creed, it was awesome. Great. And then you hear about this and obviously kind of takes it down. So, you know, it's uh, kind of been that, that summer really. Um, yep. kind of rough. So, you know, but. You know, I do like I do think that there is hope. Um, I don't know what kind of potential that hope is, but I do think there are ways that we can navigate this yeah. and not make it just down, 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 down. Our collector was euthanized, I guess. I don't know if it was this morning or when, but found out about it this morning, uh, Christopher um, from uh, laminitis. Yep. So supposedly. So that's uh, didn't that's- even know he had it, but. Yeah, I didn't know personally. You, your comment, like Thursday vibes, time of death, two twenty-two. That's kind of what we didn't want to start the show like this, but it's like, well, it is news, um, and like it just, it just was announced. Yeah. Yes, Shadi, I agree. Let's move yep. on to happier days, happier talk. We've got big racing this weekend, so let's get to it. We're gonna give picks and preview Saturday six hundred thousand dollar Alabama stakes uh, at Saratoga. Then we're gonna give some rapid fire selections for some of the remaining stakes races this weekend. Man, we got all across the. North America, Del Mar, Monmouth Park, Saratoga, and Woodbine, including the million-dollar King's Plate. Yeah, the King's Plate. The first time it's been the King's Plate, usually the Queen's Plate. I think it was like, I think Magic said 1950-something. It's the first leg of the Canadian Triple Crown. Let's go. That, by the way, is 17 horses maxed out. Fulfilled, I think two also eligibles. Truly an impossible race. So can't wait to get your insight on that one, Alterman. Okay, I'm ready. I I get I, I want your lock. I you know, I the Queen's plate's always a tough one for me. I did like uh I, I hit a couple in a row. Uh I can't remember the one that is a really good horse. Can't remember his name now. And I had the Philly uh that won for Cassie. Can't remember her name either, but anyway. Let's see how many over under three and a half many times you and I combined call it the Queen's play on the show. Oh, a bunch. Probably over. over. They're all in line and we're ready for the start. They're off in the Alabama. All right. Saturday at Saratoga race nine, the Alabama stakes grade one, 600 K for Phillies. Three-year-olds going a mile and a quarter. At, of course, the dirt main track at Saratoga. Field of 10 lines up here. Two to one on wet paint. Your two horse for Brad Cox. Flavian Pratt gets the mount. Five to one on Julia Shining. Nine to two on randomized tax at eight to one. Eight to one also on gambling girl for Todd Fletcher. Todd Fletcher has several in here. But, you know, the main uh, threat in here, and I guess you want to throw in Sacred Wish, who gave wet paint a little scare last time out. But, of course, going longer here. I just feel like this is a race that wet paint has been looking for all year. This is a distance she should love. Should love for sure. And I, I think got it back on track last time out. Uh, really nice performance. Uh, this is a horse that just never, never did me wrong um, earlier in the year. And then has done nothing but make me mad later in the year. But uh, you know, it, it, every race is a little different. Every race you got to analyze a little different. I, I just think here, 
she should get the setup. You, you see a lot of speed in here. I think if she shows up with her best race, she's going to be tough. So I took wet paint on top in the spot, and I'm with you. I really think that mile and a quarter, that should be in her wheelhouse, uh, uh, and she really should excel there. So give me wet paint. I think I think she's going to be really tough. I couldn't get around her on top in this one, and it's partly because I really like her and partly because she's getting a little bit better, but partly because I just – who's – Who's really good in this field? You know, that's the big one. Who Who is like a really good horse in this? Yeah, you know, I, I struggled with that too, you know, because you go into it and she's not a, on the number standpoint. Like, it feels like a race that she could lose for sure. I just can't. I I also wonder, like, if we're going to see the best number of her career. You know, she ran an 89, which tied her best number uh, of her career. What pain that is last time out in the CCA Oaks. Um, but again, 89. It's not. You know, we're not talking about this this world beater. We have higher buyers in the, in the race. Um, from a time form perspective, she's not the highest either. And so it kind of feels like she could lose, considering I don't know how much of a standout she is. On the other side, like I said, like I think the mile and a quarter is going to be perfect for her. You know, a big reason why I stayed with her last time out in the CCA Oaks was I, I kind of, if you remember, like I just thought maybe, you know, the, since Oakland, like she just hasn't liked the tracks and just wasn't quite herself, but I thought she brought it all back together um, in the CCA Oaks and kind of showed more of that Oakland um, form. And it, it definitely feels like there's a ton of uh, a speed that's in this race. that's going to set up for her as well. So the speed plus the distance, I just, I'm with you. I, I <clears throat> couldn't get to someone that I felt confident enough beating her. You know, Julie shining, I think is interesting. Um, stretching out here again, a curling horse, uh, but off the layoff and of course got beat last time out to that was defining purpose that, you know, hasn't ran a number even where near close enough that could win this thing. Um, I know <laughs> Michael has been asking a lot about uh, chocolate gelato for Todd Fletcher. Like I said, Todd's got a lot in here. You know, when the horse broke her maiden, she ran a 92 buyer one by eight and a half going six furlongs and one in the Frazetta grade one going a mile. But, since then, hasn't been very good. The, you know, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, she wasn't good at all. Came back, uh, finally came back in June, finished fourth, beating three and a quarter, going six furlongs. This seems like a wild, a wild thing to, for her to win this thing, don't you think? Well, yeah, I mean, touching on the on the Pletchers, I, I have no interest in her at all. Uh, chocolate Gelato. The three Julia Shining, I wish we would have seen a race prior right if you yeah. had one i mean you know a, a race like 45 days ago not not 134 days ago because the thing about julia shining if there's a race that she's bred to win it is this one you know a curlin out of an ap indy mare and a, a horse that when you watch her run it's like gosh she needs like a mile and a quarter right now you know yeah. uh, you go watch that ashland and it's like boy she needs to stretch out but the problem is she ran in the ashland that race really didn't produce much she got there only beating three quarters of a length and then we haven't seen her since and now we're showing up in a mile and a quarter i just can't do it so i i can't get there all the way on top of julia shining i am going to put her uh in in the exotics and and possibly in the pick four pick five overall i just i just couldn't get there with julia shining on top though what about Gambling Girl? Now, Gambling Girl, of course, took a lot of hype. It's actually the favorite, uh, believe it or not, in that CCA Oaks off the, the layoff from that Kentucky Oaks where she finished second um, by a close second, that is, to pretty mischievous, of course, is a, is a solid horse. 
um, ran a huge race that day in the Kentucky Oaks. Came back, did not run great. Wet paint, sacred wish. Wet paint in particular blew right by her down the stretch. Now the word is she bled quite a bit in the in the uh, in the CCA Oaks, but I also wonder, you know, why should she be in this race? You know, Ripoli is sometimes known for you know just run the horse because it is a big race, and as long as the horse is doing okay, you know, run them. But I, I just I don't. I didn't love that effort, even if she did bleed. I just don't know that she's a, a – I look at that Kentucky Oaks as being a, maybe a, the outlier. Interesting horse again. I, I, I couldn't get there because I was kind of with her last time, didn't run very well. You're right. She did have a – supposedly uh, have an excuse there. So, you know, maybe she bounce back some, bounces back and runs a little bit better. She's just kind of not for me in this spot. I, I do think she will like the stretch out. Um, I haven't looked at all the races around it in the pick five. So if I go deep in this field, possibly she makes the ticket because I do think this is either a, Hey, I'm going to just kind of go short with wet paint or I'm going to really spread. And if you start to spread gambling girl starts to make some sense as does the number eight randomized as well. I thought that was another one. If you want to you know, move on to that one, stretching out and distance here after a nice win at Saratoga last time out in the Wilton, it's a horse that's, you know, a Nyquist out of elusive quality maybe gets the mile and a quarter. Um, looks like the speed of the speed to me. In, you know, I think there is speed in this race. I think she's going to have trouble going gate to wire. But if she does catch a flyer, get out in front, maybe she can steal it on the front end uh, as well. So it's definitely one I'm kind of taking a look at uh, the eight randomized a little bit. But but again, I, I kept going to these horses like I just think like on the, on her best day, wet paint's just a little bit better. Uh, than, than the rest of these horses when I kept going through them over and over. Yeah, the eight to me was the one I kept looking at just because the horse has shown not just once but twice to run good enough races, at least from a numbers perspective, that could be competitive. The problem is, is they were at a mile and in the mile 16th in the acorn, we didn't see much from uh, randomized. And, you know, we know who kind of was in that field. It was maybe you kind of wonder, like, was that the a little too heavy for her, you know? And so that was kind of, that's kind of my fear with randomized. Um, but on the front end, she could be dangerous. Irad does jump off though. It gets, so we get Rosario there, uh, but uh, from a front speed perspective, she is interesting. Um, especially mm-hmm. I, I don't mind, like, I think I might consider playing her underneath. Like maybe she gets caught. Um, what about the other two on the outside? Number nine taxed and number 10 defining purpose. You know, I think both these horses are interesting just from a, p- a perspective of, okay, let's look at number nine taxed. This is the horse that won the Black Eyed Susan uh, for Randy Morse. Obviously, came back to win front, run second to Defining Purpose, who we'll talk about next in the Indiana Oaks. Tax is capable of kind of setting the track on fire late if this thing melts down. And then Defining Purpose is kind of in that McPeak range of where you become playable at 10 to 1. Can't play her at, at 2 to 1, but maybe at this price you can consider it. What do you look at the like, look like with those two? I thought, I, yeah, I thought the McPeak horse, uh, defining purpose, the 10 ran extremely well, uh, up at Indiana last time out. I thought taxed, uh, kind of got a really rough trip and I thought that was, uh, you know, kind of her undoing, but at the same time, I do think the, the, the 10 defining purpose was pretty solid in there. So, uh, I like both of them quite a bit, uh, in this spot here. Uh, it's, it's, I think, yes, Kevin, you just stole it. I think 
if you're going to get 10 to one on the fighting purpose, it's a play. I don't think you're getting that. I think that's where my biggest issue is. I don't really believe that morning line. So I don't think you're getting that. And I think that's, do I want to play me peak at like four to one, five to one? Probably not. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that one. I have a hard time like envisioning tax and Randy Morse winning the grade one Alabama. I just, can't get there. If that horse beats me, that horse beats me, especially considering that horse got beat by defining purpose. If I am going to use one of those two, it's going to be the 10 defining purpose. But again, I'm with you. Don't know that we'll see 10 to one. You know how I feel about being peak at a price, but if this horse is bet down, then makes the horse a lot less um, playable. In my opinion, I think, you know, you could kind of talk this race in circles. And then at the end of the day, and it's kind of like what I did when I handicapped it kind of went through in circles thinking, okay, how am I going to beat her? How am I going to beat wet paint? How, I mean, then I'm like, Oh, I'm not, you know, I, mean, I think she's, <laughs> I think she's just better than the rest of them. If, as long as she brings her game, you know, if we don't see anything from the Ellis and Churchill downs uh, form, I don't know that they're, I think we're, we're, they're all running for second. Yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree. And I, I think I think the biggest thing with wet paint, you look at the two losses. Okay, the first one, like I said, it was Churchill. Kind of the rumor was a lot of horses didn't take to that track. They are winning next out. They've kind of been winning like crazy yeah, from that you know, derby you, day. You, you, you made a point to me. I wanted to bring that up real fast. You made yeah. a point to me off air uh, like, a couple of days ago. How many horses from Oaks derby days have were, that looked awful those days have come back to look off? And I'll let you... You list some of them, but just think about the list. All those horses that made us look so foolish on Derby Day and just kept pounding us into submission, they're all winning now. And, and Wet Paint was one of them that came back to win. Uh, and then, and, and, uh, you know, Extra Anejo came back to look really good in his next start. You look at Carl Spackler came back and looked great. Uh, West Willpower, yeah. like, all, yeah, I could go on and on. I mean, it's just every every race, seemingly the horses we had on, on Derby Day and Oaks Day, came back and ran off the screen the yep. next time they, they, they started. And it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it, huh, it's been beyond frustrating. Let's put it that way. But yeah, I mean, so she didn't handle it, you know, then she, she went to Ellis and it was just a mile race and, and just got ran away from. So she's got some excuses for those races that weren't very good. And last time out, you know, it kind of had a shorter field and maybe another excuse there and she didn't need it. She just ran by him. So it may just be a situation where she just didn't really handle the track a couple of times. And now maybe she didn't really lose that form. She just kind of, Hey, she likes it up at Saratoga. She's still doing good. So yeah, I mean, I, I think all systems are kind of, if she hadn't ran so well last time over this track, you'd be a little bit worried. Yeah. I, yeah. If she would, if you, if you would have saw another like second or something, maybe she say she didn't get, you know, in that case, didn't get by sacred wish, you know, then you'd be like, yeah, I don't know, you know, but I, the, the bottom line is though, if you want to try to beat her, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk you off of it. Um, mm -hmm. just because I do think she is beatable. And I do think that I don't think I should say she's like a world beater. Um, I just think she's been one, the three-year-old class is not great. And, and two, you know, the distance is going to hit her right between the eyes, I think. And so those are the two big things, um, for wet paint. Pretty mischievous is in the race. Um, you know, something like, which I don't know if she really wants to go a mile and a quarter, but point is, if there was a little more class in the race, then you might be looking at it a little differently, but I just think wet paint and until proven other, until noticed, right. Until like, I don't know who's going to really beat wet paint at this kind of distance. So 
Uh, I think she wins the Alabama. I think uh, she goes out of this race as the the top two-year-old or three-year-old filly, number two, wet paint. Is there anyone like... I don't think so. I, was gonna say, I mean, I, Sacred Wish, I think, is maybe one of the better rate horses in the race, but I just don't think the distance is going to be. It's hard to believe uh, she could turn the tables going longer against wet paint. I agree. I, I, I did see John White picked Sacred Wish. So we've talked about that horse on this show a lot. And it's just like, boy, every time you, even when you back her, you're like, ah, oh, man, she ran so good. I'm a player again, but she just, she's not getting there. You know, maybe this is the one, but. Well, like I said, it, it, it's a, it's an interesting race just because there, it's one of those that if wet paint when you know, if, and when wet paint were to lose, you look back and say, well, I mean, it's not like she was a standout. It's just, she was, the, I thought she was the best of, of the group right mm-hmm. um and so it's not like ness coming into the race or whatever where you're like oh yeah she's gonna dominate and so could she sure i mean she's she's done little wrong really i mean she's five for nine in her career two seconds out of those but her numbers are not don't stand out at all and yeah. so you know but it's hard for a horse that runs her kind of style to have huge numbers as well. I think that's a fair point to, to mention as well. I mean, horses that come from way off of it are kind of typically victims of, of lower numbers. Yep. I agree. You, you see that all the time. Yep. And some, and by the way, and you also see the flip side, and this is a whole different conversation, but you also see horses that get huge numbers because the horse that won one by eight and when, you know, went gate to wire, which just looked awesome. And then, so then the horse that got second or third got higher than they should have numbers. So you gotta, yep. you, you gotta take, you gotta take a closer look at those. Yep. No, for sure. And I think uh, the biggest, the biggest thing about all of it is take it for what it is one data point, right? Just one. Exactly. It's, it's one thing to look at. It's not the thing to look at. So. No, I think that's the biggest mistake people make. They, they look at buyers or whatever the speed figure is. And they're like, these suck. It's like, well, you take them for what they are. You know, yeah. don't look at this one got a 98 and this one got a 92. So there's no way this 92 can beat this 98. No, it's just not how it works. Right. But if you can look at a race and go, well, this one's way out of it. Okay. That one we may be able to eliminate type of thing. Yeah, and it's it's uh I think it's helpful to like look at the, it's harder obviously with with like firsters or second starters and stuff like that. But when you can get some sort of uh trend, you know, if you say if a horse like you thought like the horse is look looking really good, but it's like even when the horse ran huge, the horse still didn't match his high buyer or whatever, you know, then yep. it's like, well, maybe that's just the best horse is. Or if you see a horse running like a 98 and then a 101 and then a you know you kind of can expect or think that the horse is progressing um so i kind of look at more of the full picture of 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 numbers versus hey this horse ran it yesterday or you know last time out and this means this horse is going to be able to do it again right i i totally agree i'm with you all right time for rapid fire presented by racing dudes best bets if you haven't checked out the racing dudes best bets page go to racingdudes.com look on the main menu there you can see uh, the tab open there for best bets. And you can see myself, you can see Halterman and the whole team there at racingdudes.com. And 
not just who we like, but our, who we're playing that day, who we're betting that day, how we're betting that race. Might be an exacto, might be a double, might be a win. Um, whatever it is, you can and you, you can not only see it, you can see uh, our percentages, you can see how we're doing, you can track our pr profits and our and our losses and our wins. And so you have an idea of what we've been doing if we're hot, if we're cold. Um, you know, obviously Halter and I, with this time of the year, we had a lot of Del Mar, a lot of Saratoga plays. I've got a couple uh, currently got had a big one not get cash earlier today dude the what was it the third race second or third race i had the i had a one four exact and it came in the four just never gave up the lead four one yeah. the one four exact it was paying 25 to one i think mm -hmm. just sick just uh, it's you know I, I i thought the horse would get caught late just kept going so um, but yeah, that, you can follow our best bets there at uh, racingdudes.com. And we've got a couple more best bets. I know you do as well uh, coming up. And obviously with football season, we'll be doing uh, tracking all kinds of football bets uh, as well. So a lot of people ask us, hey, who do you like today? Well, that's your way to find out. Just go to the best bets page to see who we like. All right, let's go to earlier in the card on uh, Alabama Day, Saturday, race seven at Saratoga, the Lake Placid. Grade two, 200K, Phillies, three-year-olds, going to one and 116 miles on the inner turf. Field of eight lines up here. And, you know, if, like typical, if uh, if it's a if it's a turf stakes race at Saratoga, expect several Chad Browns. We got four Chad Browns, two Todd Pletchers, a Walsh, and a Cox. How about that? <laughs> uh, so the question becomes, Halterman, which Chad Brown are you picking? I really like the two as spray in this race. I, I, I think this horse is going to be uh, tough to handle in this one. Three straight victories, went to the Belmont Oaks last time out. Uh, it got fourth, only beaten two and a half. Thought, thought the horse ran well. To me, you get back to a distance that makes more sense for her. Uh, mile 16th has you know, been winning at a mile, so mile 16th should be good. A lot of speed, it looks like to me, signed on in here. Uh, I think the one, the three, the eight, I think they're all going to kind of go. I think the two is going to mow him down. I like the two and I like the four. Uh, I like tax implications as well. Another horse that should be closing from out of it. So uh, I like two and four a lot here. I put the two on top. Uh, we'll see, man. I, I think this horse is going to be pretty sharp here. Well, a spray. I don't see some comments. You're, you're, you're hurting. I mean, the good news is, is it's not me. Kevin that likes Esprit. It's Halterman. So maybe that will help get the horse in the winner's circle. I'm actually going um, with one of the Chad Browns. But I'm going with the seven um, surge capacity. Yeah. The other, other, other Chad Brown at three to one. Um, I think you're going to get a, 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 a like a square price really on all these because you got, you know, several options in here. Prerequisite is a nice horse as well for Chad Brown. So uh, surge capacity has not lost uh, two for two, you know, won the Lake George beat tax applications. Um, last time out, going a mile. You know, I think that's the big thing. It's a horse debuted going a mile 16th, won very impressively, came back, improved the buyer going a mile, shortening up. So I do think this horse is versatile enough to win from, you know, any distance. Sit, gets an outside draw, which I think will help with the horse, and Rosario gets the mount back. So, listen, it's it's when you're when you're picking one of these, a race like this with a bunch of, you're, we've talked about this a lot on the show, where it's like, you're really just trying to figure out and hope that you got the right Chad Brown because how can you really know, you know? It, it, it's really to the point you got to go deep, you know? It, it, you've uh, We've played this game before where it's like, okay, there's Chad's, but this is the one that's going to win. And it's just like, it just never works out, you know? Uh, it, this is 
I, and again, I don't know. I, again, I haven't looked at the non-stakes races yet. That'll be tomorrow morning for this. But hopefully I can find somebody to go short with because you, you do kind of want to go long, I think, at the Slate Placid. Because like I said, like, I, I really like a spray, but come on. Chad's got like three or four horses this race. I mean, we see this all the time. So, uh, and not to mention, you know, Todd Fletcher's got a couple. Uh, you know, Brad Cox has one. Uh, to me, this is this is a pretty darn tough race. Yeah, you know, that, and that's what makes it tough is not just do you have a bunch of Chad uh, Chad Browns, but they all kind of have like a story, like a, a, where it's like make like you can make a case, right? Yo, know, yeah. that spray last time out too long. Maybe you know now it gets that perfect distance. Attack implications. Maybe wants to go a little longer. You know, got you know just kind of ran out of room last time out on Lake George. Um, Search capacity, a horse that seemingly is getting better with each start we'll find out and then Peruik is it another horse that maybe the distance will be perfect um at this mile 16th distance so it's just like you can make a case for all of them and i feel like whoever you talk to might make i do know chad likes search capacity um but again it's a horse that's you know keeps making got to continue to um improve uh and we'll see what happens here but would you be surprised if chad brown does not win this race let's put it that way I, I would be. I think. I think he. You know, there are horses that can definitely beat him, but I, I would be pretty surprised if it's not one of his. I like two, four, eight. So it's like, yeah. And then I would put the seven and fourth probably. I probably just use the four Chad Browns and move on. But he could. I mean, he could be beat. But these horses, like I said, they all look pretty good. All right, Halterman's got uh, number two, Asprey. I've got number seven, Surge Capacity. All right, let's go to the next one here. Let's go to Del Mar. Saturday race eight, the Del Mar Oaks grade one or 300 K for Phillies. Three-year-olds, another Philly three-year-old race uh, going one and one eighth miles on the turf. This time field of 10 shows up here. And dude, last time out, Antoinette looked awesome at five to two on the morning line here. Do you think someone can upset her this time? No, uh, I don't. I think Anna said is the horse to beat here. Uh, I really, really like that last performance. Uh, there are a couple of horses that I, I do have mild interest in. The nine be your best being one of them coming in. Uh, the number four, Ruby Nell, another one that I, I like. But this horse, Asinette, has just been really, really solid. And if she can handle the mile in an eighth, I don't think they'll beat her in this spot. You looked at the race last time out. Ah, man, that was a sharp effort. Now, I know it was going a mile. But I think that was a really, really sharp effort. So I like the five quite a bit in here. Um, like I said, mild, mild interest in the nine and the four, but the five for me, Asinat, should be really tough. Yeah, I mean, the nine is always interesting, or a horse like the nine, I should say, is always interesting when you have a horse coming from from the east to the west. And we know typically uh, east coast horses, turf horses run well wet when they go out west. But again, it's not like this horse was like a world beater on the east coast you know it definitely it probably left for a good reason so i just i i picked the the five uh Antoinette last last time out and i mean dude she like you said she was dominating she was that was impressive and uh i was like i was like dude that's a star right there and so i i did i'll be honest i didn't didn't think much about this race picking when i when i, when I knew she was running i was like I mean, she won at a mile 16th on uh, overseas. Now it was synthetic, but she won by four. Um, I don't necessarily think the distance is going to be what gets her beat here. She just, I mean, she cruised in that one last one. So give me the five and a set. And uh, I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be another dominating effort. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think she's, 
mean, I think she's pretty damn good. I mean, I don't know that she's like world class, but I think she's certainly uh, one of the best we have, you know, these turf three-year-olds. Well, you mentioned it about that last race. And, I, you know, I don't know if you remember like texting back and forth after that being like, dang, like there was like, we thought she would run good, but that was like, whoa, that was really good. So yeah. And that was like a, you know, it was San Clement. I mean, there was like 20 horses in that race, you know, right. it's one of those where you felt like, oh gosh, like, and then she clearly just, you could tell like, oh, this horse is about to eat. And, uh, and she did. So, uh, I think, you know, if she can do that kind of effort again, then we're talking about a serious, uh, I mean, essential potential breeders cup type horse, uh, no doubt. So, uh, we'll see. But, uh, you and I are both on the five in a set. Let's go to, uh, Monmouth park race eight, the Philip H. Asl- is it Iceland? Iceland? I- Maybe. I- Iceland? I, uh, Island. Everyone makes fun of how I pronounce everything on this on the show, so I'm sure that's wrong. It's a great three. It's race eight. Monmouth, just no race eight. Monmouth Park, 250k for three year olds and up. Uh, it's uh, going one with 16th miles. Field of six shows up here, six to five on Zozos, uh, who's kind of kind of rejuvenated his career here. He's looked really good as of late. Wayburn, who was beyond awful last time out on his first start with Todd Fletcher looks to rebound but zozos six to five where are you going zozos for me i think he's loose i think he's better than these horses i don't really know why he's here maybe he won't run all that well and it surprised me but to me he's he's just a a, a higher class uh the horse wayburn i really thought the horse would run great and he was awful maybe he runs a little better in this spot but i, I just think zozos is the better horse yeah you know that last race was so bad from wayburn mm-hmm. i and I'm with you. I I I had a little bit of that thought too. Is like for as good as Zozos has has been lately, it's like why are you here? I kind of thought you might we might see him at Saratoga, but you know maybe Brad Cox knows what he has and is you know is kind of playing his time right with him. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think Zozos. I mean, I don't worry about the distance. You might think, well, you know, I don't know. This horse is three for four of this distance, um, six for nine lifetime, including the last three where the horses rattled off three straight triple-digit buyers. Nothing in this field shows that they can compete with that. So give me the four Zozos. Um, I don't think – I'm not necessarily uh, too worried about this one. Do you think uh, – like, what do you think the big picture is for Zozos? I mean, like, let's just kind of – this is a horse, obviously, that ran in the Derby last year, finished 10th, um, you know, obviously had hopes uh, to be bigger than, you know, to be like a big-time classic horse, but – you know, they've been running the horse at a mile as of late. Now we're at a mile 16th. But do you think this is like a dirt mile type horse for uh, for Brad Cox? Well, I think he's definitely a candidate. I don't know if he's he's like a s- serious horse for it. But I think if you're going to run him at the Breeders' Cup, that's where you're going to run him. I mean, you I would mean, think what? It, it's kind of got that dirt mile Brad Cox horse written all over him. You know what I mean? Yeah, but this isn't. I mean, this isn't Nick's go right <laughs> you know who won it for brad cox the year before he won the classic so no. i don't know i mean i, I like i like Zo- like i've always kind of liked zozos but you also you look at his races this year and it's like yeah he's not great you know i mean and i think again i think you can kind of uh go with that i that thought be based on the fact that he's running in this race right mm-hmm and the I fact agree. that he ran in uh, some you know listed stakes at Ellis, and the fact that he ran in the Knicks go before that, and he ran in the allowance race before that, it's like 
Brad's not sending him to grade ones and grade twos at Saratoga. He kind of knows what he has. And maybe he can get him to pop and, and run a big race in the Breeders' Cup. I mean, that obviously um, is not – we've seen it before, right? But right. Uh, it definitely feels like it's good placing um, for Zozo. So that's where we're going here. All right, let's go to the main event, the North American main event of the weekend. Sunday – at Woodbine, race 10, the King's Plate Stakes. I got it right. Uh, it's worth a million dollars for three-year-olds. Fold in Canada, of course, one and a quarter miles on the all-weather track. Field of 17, two el- also eligibles. The biggest question I have is, where is Husker Butch? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Did you talk to your trainer about that? I mean, uh, hopefully you've got rid- you've got a new trainer. Yeah, we're in the process of moving the horse for sure after this. <laughs> yes. What a disappointment. I was promised when I bought into this horse we'd run in the King's Plate. And here we are, 17 horses. They let 17 of them run, and, and Husker Butch is not one of them. So, oh, well. I guess we'll just look for another uh, starter allowance race instead. I, I don't know. <laughs> As I texted um, you, I said, uh, I said, surely he's one of 17 horses, uh, the best 17 Canadian bred horses. You're like, I'm not sure he's top 170 canadian bread horses there might be only 170 i don't know but uh husker butch is not in the race but we do have 10 horses in the race and it's led by a horse that you know most people that maybe don't follow woodbine or don't follow this you know kind of series you you do know calic the sixth horse for chad brown brings this horse in um off the turf coming to this race it's the favorite so first of all what do you think of the horse and further what do you think of this horse being the favorite I just can't back this horse as the favorite. And with that being said, I, I, if Calic wins, I'm not shocked or anything. I'm really not. I, I think the horse can show up here and have a have a shot at it. Uh, but first time on the synthetic, a horse that, you know, his best races came when he was on the lead. And I don't really see him getting the lead here. I can't back him as the favorite. So I did not go with the six here. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, and somebody finally mentioned the name that Myra that won this race. That was one that kind of stood out. Sometimes there's standouts, right? Where you kind of go into this and go, okay, yeah, it's a big field, but there, there's a, there's some horses I can kind of lean on. I don't see it this year when that horse comes up and is the favorite. And again, can win, but that seems like a weak favorite. I think it gets crazy this year, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to go number eight, Wickenheiser, on top uh, for me here. 12 to 1 on the morning line. I've, we went, went back and watched replays of a lot of these horses that kind of weren't completely familiar with. And the thing that kept sticking out to me is there is a ton of speed. I mean a ton of speed. It's a 17-horse field. I think the number eight, Wickenheiser, gets it done. I, I really think this horse will come flying late. I think it's got a great pedigree to go a mile and a quarter. Um, uh, great connections here at Woodbine. At 12 to 1, I'm willing to take a shot. So give me the number eight, Wickenheiser. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's like everyone, you know, I think I've seen all kinds of comments on here, but it is, it's just a wild track. You just can't count on anything, like you said, any form, like, you know, lasting. And, and it's just a tough. Um, you know, I watched that race, and I'll be honest that that if, if coming out of the Woodbine Oaks, of course, this is yeah, you know, you know, you know males, but also we we do see a lot of uh, fillies running this race as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she was the one out of that Woodbine Oaks that I thought was the one I'd be most interested in playing the eight, based on price and on just kind of this is the horse that seemed like maybe the distance um, going a little bit longer, a little bit better trip might help. 
um, the eight Wiggenheiser. So I actually don't hate that pick at all. I'm with you on playing against the six, just from a pure standpoint. I mean, the horse, obviously, we don't have any idea what this horse is going to do, but on synthetic, but I just, uh, given, I mean, you can't play that horse three to one, in my opinion. Um, I went, I was all over. I, I thought there's a few I like in here quite a bit, yours being one of them, but I ended up landing on the 11 touch and ride. Um, I thought this was a very interesting horse. Uh, only the, the, the crazy thing about this horse and why I almost didn't pick this horse didn't make his first official start until July 1st. Right. This July, as in a month ago. <laughs> um, and it's rattled off two as I was on the turf or I'm sorry, rattled off a win after that was on the turf, finished third. Um, beat or a horse beat let that legislator beat him as a pretty good horse and then came back to run on synthetic going a little bit longer and just rolled i mean just really dominated um and so this is a, a horse that feels like is going to get not only get better at candy ride um is going to get better with the distance but also love the synthetic and just kind of a lightly raced horse that might be blooming at the right time so i like the 11 touch and ride at 12 to 1 i think we got a nice little uh uh exacto there another horse like let's because it's that kind of race right let's mm-hmm. let's each give another horse that you're interested in i think stanley house is interesting at, at uh, four to one from the rail castellano comes up and gets the ride here i thought that was interesting I, I, another one that i think will come from way out of it i think we'll get the pace set up here so i thought at four to one stanley house made a little bit of sense it's uh, uh not not a real like hey i love this horse type of pick but i thought you know castellano getting getting aboard made made this one interesting enough yeah um i'll give you uh and i'm not even <laughs> i'm not even gonna try to pronounce it but it's uh the 15 <laughs> i mean the cock cock a cock a okay uh i'm done trying um, but this is a horse that uh, it's just, you know, look at the way this horse has been running as of late. Uh, you know, obviously was sprinting, stretched out for the first time last time out, um, going to mile 16th and really made a huge move into into this into the stretch and just kind of lugged in and then kind of battled with uh, tur- this horse Turf King down to the wire. But it kind of feels like if that horse can improve off of that effort and go a little bit further this horse might be dangerous, uh, kind of stretching out once again. I'm not totally sold on the horse, but again, I would need higher than six to one. And I would love for somebody to tell me how to pronounce that name. <laughs> <laughs> that one I'm not going to attempt either. Um, could have been the top pick, but I can't pronounce that name. It's just a 15. That's all you say. <laughs> 15 horse. Yeah. The 15 horse. So there's our picks for the uh, for Sunday's Kings plate. <laughs> Dude, the under one. We got the under. Oh, yeah. No, we I don't think anybody, I don't think we said it ever. Yeah. I don't think we did. I think the problem is, is we don't we don't uh talk about the Queen's play enough to Right, yeah. It's a, it's it's like once a well twice a year. You talk about the that race and you talk about well, three times. You talk about those two year old races that are Breeders' Cup winning your ends, and then you talk about the Woodbine Mile. That's that's yep. Woodbine on this show. Yep. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I remember watching the race, and I I remember the I heard the announcer, and I don't remember what it was. So yeah, but yeah, that race, man, that is going to be. That's one of those races that you know how you how how would you play to how would you tell somebody playing that that Woodbine Day? 
I, you know, I haven't looked at the C, you know, but it's their stakes races all, you know, all day, really. Um, yeah. How do you get through that race? Do you, do you go thin? And like, you know, in your, our cases, we both gave out some, some, you know, decent long shots. Do you give, you go thin and, and that's the way you do it. Cause I mean, if you're spreading, you, I mean, what's the difference between going four and eight? I'd pick four horses and go for it. That's what I do. I just take I take the top four horses that you like and just hope you get lucky. I mean, there is the a grade two price prior. Um, I haven't looked. Here's the problem: like if you get if you start use eight and nine horses, then you just you limit yourself so much in some of those other races, you know. So you got to oh. you just got to hope to get it right. Dude, Ma- Mara as in yep. the race before. So and then uh, that Salama for for Chad Brown. So. But Mora, yeah. who scratched last week, I know uh, a lot of uh, our fans like. Um, so that'll be interesting. Just so if that's if that's a single there, maybe perhaps if you you know you gotta considering you're going deep in that race, somewhat deep, you've gotta you gotta make pick a spot somewhere. Yeah. No, I I think I think you can go a little bit shorter the dance smartly. You could probably go short-ish in the race after it as well. So there's some there's some spots. Uh, but you just, the thing about it is like, yeah, you go, Oh, anybody can win this. Well, horse racing, like you can't use all of them. So it's like, that's what horse racing is. I got to go short in this race. How short, you know, I can't, I can't use all I should say. So I go, I go four and look, I got four chances here and hope you get one. Right. Right. I mean, cause if you go nine, 10 deep, it's like, well, God, these other races aren't easy in the sequence, you know? There you go. Shoddy. I'm not even going to try to pronounce what you have on there, but Kakokipu. Kakokipu. Cow, cow, co- kee poo. <laughs> I just saw poo. I, re- I wonder, and I, I doubt it, but Wickenheiser is a, a, a last name of a famous St. Louis Blues uh, player. So I wonder, probably not named after him. There's probably other Wickenheisers, but that's interesting. Well, I don't know. I mean, it is a, you know, I'm sure, is it from, I'm sure it's Canadian, right? So, right. Yes. So maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. Let's see here. We got the uh, race six. I have this as a best bet, by the way. So who do you have? Let's root them home. Who you got? I got the eight. This was off, scratched off the turf, wow. um, and it just who- felt like the uh, the the eight just was the class of the race after that. So okay, I think the eight wins this race. Being bet down quite a bit though, six to five off that three to one morning line. But of course, the three to one was based off of being on the turf. Right, Haley Wickenheiser. Okay, thanks, Magic, always coming through for us. Haley Wickenheiser, who is a Canadian ice hockey player, a female Canadian ice hockey player. There you go. All right, the things you learn. Uh yeah, I like your eight. Um, your best bets have been a little bit depressing, so I'm sure you'll lose by a nose or something, but your eight <laughs> looks pretty good. Um, my wins have been okay. It's just, it's so it's when I try to do true. troubles and exactas is when true. it's heartbreaking. Linda's got it going right now today, at least. So the seven could be interesting. Uh Oh, and just Uh-oh. as I say that the seven's out to a two length lead. Yep. And the eight didn't break. So, um, yeah, got a good spot now. So. Where's the six? I like the six a little bit too. Yeah, okay, six is in a good spot. Eight that, is in a good spot. Got that Dutro versus uh, Linda. 
we could spontaneously combust. Let's see here. <laughs> um, I okay. like where you're at. Uh, yeah, you should win Michael. from here. You never know. Um, the eight looks good though. I read looks confident. Seven's kicking it in. Eight went wide. Eight Come on. Out or Dutro got the good stuff. The six may win. No, I think the eight. Okay, you got it. Unless this horse on the inside wins, the eight's going to do it. Yep, he's galloping out of there now. Good job. All right. Eight, ten, six. All right, winner. Six to five, but it's a win. Best bet. There you go. Recover. At least got my money back and then some from uh, that uh, loss earlier. Talk about talk about the the the. I'll t- we'll talk a little bit about it here because I've still not recovered from it. This is um, last week, last Sunday I, on my, on our best bets. I had a double played at Del Mar, a one hundred dollar double. So I, I maxed it. I, I played it for two units, a hundred dollar double. The five, I don't even remember the horse's name. That won by I don't even know how the horse won that yeah. race prior. Won by a blank hair. Don't say it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and into um, Muth. And the the double for that was paying like twenty to one almost. Yeah. It was like nineteen or eighteen bucks. Yeah, it was like a two thousand dollars score, and I was like, before the race, it was like, hey, you know, I was talking to Halterman about it. It's like, listen, I've got two thousand dollar win on a three to five Baffert. It's like, okay, you know, like that. You you take that every day of the week, and obviously the horse never, you know, just the other Baffert dominated, and it was uh, kind of depressing. So I was like, Ugh. yeah, I mean, a hundred, a hundred and three buyer for Prince of Monaco, so. Um, and you yeah. knew too, like top to stretch, you're like you're well, in big trouble. Yeah, so you're watching Muth, and and you had you tuned me into it, so I'm watching it, see if you cash it, you know. And at, at like before they put up the the uh, the first fraction, I thought, yeah, that's a pretty good spot. Put up the first fraction, I'm like, yeah, you're not winning. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was I just I just thought Muth was the best you know mm-hmm. like i didn't i wasn't so i i just wasn't concerned really but yeah the you know and it, the issue was even baffert said it before the race like we need the horse to settle a little bit and he didn't um mm-hmm. and so but yeah those that you know that horse that that one nice little baffert horse for sure yeah for now that horse is, is definitely the one pretty darn good um pretty darn good so we'll see See how that horse progresses. Um, it was an interesting race, though, because pretty much got the absolute dream set up. Two horses absolutely flying up front, and then a closer just boop, pick up the pieces. So you're not going to get that set up very often for a horse that drops back like that. No. No. I mean, they they blazed, no doubt. And I don't know yeah. what you do with Muth, I and mean, that's obviously a huge horse, huge purchase, you know, and – yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe if you can get the horse to relax somewhat early, maybe the horse can, can stretch out, but may turn out to be a sprinter. So on to that subject, uh, Christopher asked, you guys see that time form gave that race a a much lower figure. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't see it. Uh, but the reason why that would be is they take pace into account. So let's pretend Muth set that pace and held on. 
that number would be whoa massive right but when a closer gets a perfect setup like they're talking about they lower that figure based on the pace right so that's that's why you see that where buyer doesn't take anything into account but like raw time you know versus right. whatever the par is yeah and that's kind of like we were talking about earlier with wet paint where the you know sometimes the way those horses win is typically not gonna scream a huge number you know mm-hmm. um if a horse dominates from off the pace versus dominates from gate to wire you're gonna see typically i feel like you're gonna see a bigger number from the sprinter right right so just kind of how it goes yep yep that's that's so we'll see what happens i mean <laughs> you know they're young and they they move forward one way or another off of it. You know, I, I think we've learned over the years to not go nuts over big numbers because they they sometimes they, they back them up and sometimes they do not at all. Yeah, clearly. But moral of the story is is Cohen. <laughs> moral of the story is you got a phone call. We got it is Cohen. Yeah. yeah. He, I'm gonna <laughs> guess I'm gonna have four more after following that. <laughs> right. Dad, are you? Can we come over yet? <laughs> uh, all right, it's all the time we have. Check out racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button in the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Remember, go check out the Best Bets page as well. Just cash one of those Best Bets. Uh, I've got one more left today. I go to Saratoga, uh, but you can see all our plays every single day. Halterman and I, um, as well as the entire team of, of across the board of our world of sports. But obviously we focus a lot on horse racing this time of the year. So go check out the best bets page at racingdudes.com. We're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram and Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers off by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all the places you listen to podcasts. We are there as well as the Magic Mike Show, who's doing the Del Mar. I believe they're doing the Del Mar Saturday um, pick five. So if you want analysis of that, they'll be live here in about 45 minutes. Um, so if you want their, uh, analysis of Del Mar on Saturday, make sure you stay tuned in right here, um, to learn more about the Del Mar card and Halterman. I don't know if you've seen this, but some of the, they released it yesterday. Some of the potential fields that we're going to be seeing next week. Um, of course we've got a, you know, Travers week. So we know uh, what that brings, Uh, but obviously not just Travers. There's a, you know, lots of good racing across the board. Uh, the personal incident sign is, uh, Clarier, uh, I, 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 nest secret oath. Of course, no, no shockers there. Yeah. Um, the Travers, we'll talk about the Travers here. Archangelo disarm Forte. Now, again, these are probables Forte, Il Miracolo, Mage, National Treasure, Reincarnate, Scotland, Vermont, and Tappet Trice. Hmm. So those okay. are your horses right now aiming for the race. In the ballerina, you got Caramel Swirl, DR or Dr. Dr. B, Echo Zulu, Goodnight Olive, Matera, uh, Matera, I'm sorry, and Society and Sterling Silver. That would be a hell of a race. Oh, yeah. Echo Zulu, Goodnight Olive, Matera. Come on. Uh well, it, the, like Michael the, said you got Clarier and Nash rematch too. Yep. The Jerkins. How about this one? The Arabian Lion. Fort Bragg, Lord Miles, New York Thunder, and Verifying on the cutback. So that's an interesting race. The forego, you get a rematch of Elite Power and Goodnight. So that will be one hell of a rematch there. To uh, and then the uh, Sword Dancer uh, Bolshoi Ballet Channel Maker, who miraculously won last out. Soldier Rising, Stone Age, 
and Verstappen for uh, Walsh. That's what we have as of now. So sharp. It's sharp. going to be the stars are at will be out for that day. Yep. And I, even even in the races that are seemingly lighter, you still are going to get you know like like you guys mentioned the Ness versus Clarier rematch or the Elite Power versus Goodnight re- rematch. Um, you know, Arabian Lion, you know, versus Fort Bragg, you know, or whatever it is, like, you're going to get some matchups that are going to be worth tuning in for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, those are some really, really good matchups. Like you said, yeah, Gun Eye to Lead Power, you know, they could just run that 12 times and I'd be okay for the day, you know? I mean, that's, <laughs> right? that's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm not saying the Travers is a bad race whatsoever because it's really good. It's a good race, but they like we've lost so many horses dropped out of it. I feel like are not running. Like it's not. It's okay, but it's not a Travers for the ages. Like everybody kind of thought it would be, in my opinion. You know, I look at it and go, good race, really solid race, going to be fun. Not going to change my life one way or the other. Rumor is the blinkers have helped. Tap it twice. Oh no. That's what I hear. When I was told that, I was like, that's great. Maybe he can get fourth now. I I, I have, there's very few horses in my life or my career of, of racing that I have gone from liking so much to hating so much in a short time period. And he is definitely on the top of that list. I just feel I will like hate I hate him forever if he wins the Travers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the th- that's the thing about him. He well, maybe he won't. But the, the, if they keep running him in these kind of races, and and I mean, maybe he just never will, right? But what if he w- you somehow wins one of these big grade ones? And you're like, really? Yeah, I know. Angel Empire, you know, he. Which, by the way, I don't. I'm sure you saw that. Angel Empire's based. They're not not hurt, but just giving him a break and yeah. basically. Cox is like, we're hoping he has a good year next year. So he's well, I, I think I think the the Travers Day is gonna be amazing. And I think Travers itself is gonna be really good. So I'm not I'm not trying to be a downer. I think it's gonna be an unbelievable day. We're gonna have a hell of a lot of fun. But yeah, it does it does kind of suck. We're missing a few of them. Uh yeah, you know, the thing about Tabit Trice, I I don't really hate him because he's only cost me money once, and that was at the Derby. The rest of the time, he's been fine to me. But he would definitely cost me a lot of money if he won the Travers. <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent for certain. He's he's cost me some more money than one. I put it that way. So because I backed him in the Belmont too. So that was uh, I. But I was smart enough to get off of him after that. We'll see how that turns out. Um, yeah, I was going to mention something else. I saw it in the comments here. Uh, where was it? I don't remember what it was. Oh. Um, I mean, yeah, like even if it's not, you still have Forte and you have the Derby winner. Yeah. And you have a situation now, given the issue we have with the older horses and Cody's wish is obviously not in the mix as far as classic goes and, and, you know, who is the top older horse and, you know, this and that, like Forte is running for, I'll even say like running for favoritism of the classic, you know, because he is your classic. I mean, for me anyways, he is the classic contender, right? Top contender for me. Just, and so if he were to win the Travers and do it 
somewhat impressively, then I don't, I don't really know how you, you can not considering what we're working with in the older horses. If, if he does what Kevin says here and romps, he is going to be the Breeders' Cup Classic favorite, most likely. Yeah. And he's going to be, he's going to have a big chance to win not only three-year-old of the year, but horse of the year. Mm-hmm. If he can win the Travers convincingly, he's going to go on to Breeders' Cup Day with talk that he could be the horse of the year with a Breeders' Cup win. Now, whether he wins that or not, that's a different discussion for a different day, but that's what's at stake with him, the Travers. Like, he's three-year-old of the year if he wins the Travers. That's, that's... I'm not going to say it's completely locked because a three-year-old could win the classic this year. It's that wide open, but he goes a long, long ways towards three-year-old of the year. If he wins the Travers, he's, he's a strong number one. Yeah. We're going to be, I feel like we might be very well sitting on another year where it's like top finisher of the three-year-olds of the classic might have a big say as far as who is that three-year-old of the year. Right. Because if like, say Forte wins this, and Mage won the Derby, and say Archangelo, of course, won the Belmont. And it's like, okay, well, if one one of those wins the Classic, obviously, you piggyback a Derby win and the Classic. You piggyback a Belmont win and the Classic. They're going to win three of the year, right? And so, if even though Forte would have a huge case as winning the Travers, um, he still didn't win any of the Classic races, you know. And and I think that's a huge part of that three year old conversation. So. He would need to any any of the like for me, if Forte needs to win here and he becomes the favorite of that three year old class, right? Yeah. Easily. But Easily. then either one, even all those horses that I mentioned still need to run well in the classic. Yeah. Because yeah. It, you know, it's just it's that weird, it's that weird year where it's like we just it just feels like even though the three year olds aren't great you have enough of them and, and ones that seemingly want to go long that you just, one of them seems like they're going to be primed to win. Yeah. I, and the three-year-olds don't have flight go. line to deal with. Right. Yeah. Well, there, there's, and there's another one, go rocket ride. I didn't even mention, but you know, we'll see what he does when winning, winning the Haskell, if he goes and wins the Pacific classic, then you're looking at a cl- you're looking at a classic that's basically like a three year old race. Yeah, it'll be between those two. Whoever finishes best between Go Rocket Ride and Forte, say Go Rocket Ride wins Pacific Classic, Forte wins the Travers. They're the clear one two, and okay. whoever finishes best in the classic will win the the uh, win the division most likely. Would um, you just? I mean, well, it doesn't really matter. But it, it's, let's say Forte wins the Travers, and let, and let's say here in a couple of weeks. Go Rocket Ride wins the Pacific Classic. Would you put him ahead of Forte? No, he would be second. He would okay. be second. Um, but he would be a very close second, right? And it would again, it would just be a if Go Rocket Ride could beat him in the in the classic, then he's he he overtakes him. Where last year it's like, well, Taba, well, Epicenter didn't get to run, he got hurt. But if Taba would have finished just ahead of Epicenter, it wouldn't have mattered. Epicenter was still the the winner of that award. This year, I don't see it that way i think if forte you know doesn't beat go rocket ride in the classic assuming go rocket ride has won one of those big races out in california uh against older horses then it's going to flip things so uh, it's a lot tighter race but you know the travers is going to carry a ton of weight you know there's no doubt about it and that's going to be the the big thing but 
go rocket ride. I mean, he's right there uh, and he is right there right now going into this next round. Like I think the only issue with him is he's a, his, his resume is a little light, right? He doesn't have as many wins. So that's, that's where you're at with him at, at this moment. Kevin, I think, uh, I think I saw magic mentioning this, that Japan, the Dubai world cup winner is supposedly coming over. Hmm. Um, okay. Ushba Tessaro, I don't know um, sure. how you pronounce it, <laughs> but Dubai World Cup winner, uh, supposedly going to come over and start training for the classic. You can talk to Magic, talk to Magic about that here in, in 30 minutes, but I believe that is what the plan is. So there's one. Okay. Um, do you think, what do you think the odds are on Traverse Day for, for, uh, for Forte? I think Archangelo is going to take money. So there's one. I think Eight. Mage will take a little bit of money. So there's, I think even probably is my guess. Four to five, even money. What do you think? I yeah. I mean, I think you, I think you're I think it's like you're above even money. I think like six okay. to five or something. Because okay. I just think you got a derby winner, you got a Belmont winner. Mage didn't definitely didn't disappoint himself last time out, right? He ran well. Uh, we haven't seen Archangelo back, but everyone's excited to see him back. And I think it obviously depends on how he's, you know, the, the training hype that he has going into it. But yeah, I think there's enough other horses. Tapatry seemingly will take money because people are dumb. Um, so maybe it's enough to keep him above even money. Six to five is my guess. Yeah, that's, that's probably. Plus, you got Baffert, you know. Yeah, you got two Bafferts, yeah. which is stupid, right? I mean, I get that, like, I'm not like excited about him, but. It is Baffert bringing, well, oh, you have the Preakness winner. I forget, you know, I forget that National Treasure actually did win the Preakness yeah. somehow. Um, so how about that? When was the last time? That's true. I hadn't thought about that. When was the last time we had all three legs of the Triple Crown run in the Travers? You know, I kind of got to take back what I said earlier. That the, the more you think about it, whether you think those horses, well, National Treasure specifically, whether you think he's good or not, he won the Preakness. So you're right. I don't know when the last time you had the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont winner plus Forte in the race. Yeah, it's it's a pretty darn good Travers. The more you think about it. Well, yeah, it's like it's like you said. Like you got to go aside from the fact that what you know what you think of these horses, but right. The, the, if you if you would have said in January first, twenty twenty three, said hey, in the Travers this year, you're going to have each of the winners of each leg. You'd be like, awesome. You know, perfect. Yeah including yeah. a horse that is going to be the favorite that didn't win any of them. Yep. And you're like, well, I don't know who that is, but it sounds awesome. You know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, you're right. And I think, I think that is like, part of it is, I don't think national treasure is very good. And I, I don't, this is a terrible thing. I don't think mage is like great, you know, like mage doesn't get me super excited, even though, he, I respect the hell out of him and he's done nothing wrong, but at the same time, I just, I don't think he is like this really, really great horse. And, you know, Archangelo, I think could be a really good horse or a great horse, but you just don't know. You just haven't seen him enough. Right. So while, yeah, you get the three triple crown race winners, that's amazing. And I, I shouldn't let my kind of thoughts take away from the fact that it is the three triple crown race winners, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you would never assume that when you said that, that Forte is not one of them. And so you act, you're getting the three yeah. different winners and Forte in the mix. And this is, I, I can't get back. <laughs> I can't get away from this, right? 
You don't see great horses lose that Florida Derby after what he did and then to give it up late, you know, and I get Forte is really good. Okay. But he shouldn't have beat Mage if Mage was a really good horse that day. Right. And, and really to go rocket ride as well. Like Mage made another move where it looks like, oh, he's the winner and he lost to go rocket ride. I just don't, I don't think horses that do that are, are great. Right. And with Archangelo, it's like, is he really good? Is he improving? Did he just get a great trip? He's kind of the wild card. It wouldn't shock me if he's not all that great. It wouldn't shock me if he's the number one, three-year-old. Like, I I just don't know. I don't, I still don't have a read on him yet. Cause you think about it, his two big stakes wins. One was at a mile and a half in the Belmont. He got a perfect trip. It's the Belmont's always kind of a weird race. You don't quite know how they're going to, how they stack up coming out of it. And then the other race, you know, he beat Bishop Spay, a horse that just is a, is a, he's, he's afraid to win a photo. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, while both races really kind of impressed me, I still don't quite know the level of Archangelo's talent. Is he good? Is he really good? Is he great? I think he could be any of those three things. Yeah, we're we're gonna find out a lot yep. next week in Travers. So obviously, stay tuned for that. Tons of content coming out in the next uh, week as we head into um, Travers week. We'll have a betting bible available as well for the Travers, and uh, your two guys here are gonna be there as well. So if you're gonna be at the Travers, make sure you you look us up, and we uh, we try to connect there at Saratoga. All right, guys. Until next time, make sure you stay tuned. By the way, a lot of talk since then. I said it, but make sure you stay tuned here now in 30 minutes. Um, for the Magic Mike show coming up here uh, to talk about Del Mar late pick five. All right, guys, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halsman. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first.